Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Mondays with Matt. I'm Mark Kaywood alongside Matt Starkey, investment advisor representative and the president and owner of Great Lakes Retirement Solutions with an office in Saginaw. You can find him online at greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. That's greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. Or you can reach out and call Matt and his team at 989-401-2949. That's 989 989- Four zero one two nine four nine. Matt, welcome back into the podcast. At the time of this taping, it's late February. You might be listening to it a little later on, but right now we are on the precipice of one of my favorite times of year, March Madness. It's about to cycle back up again, or it's about to heat back up again. Aren't you excited, Matt? I'm very excited. You know, this is a time of year where, you know, sports enthusiasts go crazy. Of course, they call it March Madness because it truly is madness. We saw with the brackets last year and everybody's bracket was busted by like the second round. <laughs> and it, it's it's great. I'm a, I'm a U of M fan myself and their basketball team's been killing it this year. I mean, they're like number seven right now. Oh, it's but, incredible. Uh, yeah. I was talking with my buddy Paul yesterday and he he's a big Michigan grad and fan. But he was saying his buddy, his friend from college is a Virginia fan, and uh, they've got a number two defense they share with Michigan, but their offense is like number five in the nation. So he's looking for good things from them. And and I'm, of course, hopeful that uh, our Wolverines do well and, and bring us a championship, at least in the Big Ten, hopefully a national. That would be great. Well, I hate to break it to you, Matt, but you know, I'm personally a Tar Heel, and my Tar Heels just the other <laughs> night – at the time of this recording, had quite the big win. It was an infamous win. I mean, that was the the shoe game over Duke where Zion Williamson's shoe exploded. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what happens with seeding and how the Tar Heels finish up down the stretch. I can only hope that as you are listening to this podcast, the Hills are marching their way on to another championship. So uh, maybe some rivalries here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they could be, but I'll tell you, regardless, everybody's going to be watching their Nike stock because uh, I think he ripped through a Nike shoe. And, uh, you know, if they're not getting sued by the end of the tournament, yeah, no, for performance reasons, uh, <laughs> I'll be surprised. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, we should put out the disclaimer that, hey, by the way, we do not endorse the Tar Heels or the Wolverines officially as an office. So <laughs> if you hate the UNC, you're you're still welcome to listen to the podcast and come in and visit with us. We, we won't hold that against you. That's right. And if you're a Sparty fan, well, uh, power to you as well. My uh, The other side of the family uh, is, is Sparty fan. So um, we can appreciate both. Actually, I, the first college basketball game I took my son to first couple were uh, when he was a, a state fan so either side of the state here um, if we can see one of our teams go we're, we're happy so sure, good luck to sure. you too with the tire heels <laughs> oh man I can't wait to watch I know that that first uh, Thursday Friday uh, where the games are all going all day long I know that there's going to be no productivity in the office it's going to be basketball all day long that's right so, we might even close the office <laughs> don't come in don't schedule any appointments with us those days we're going out to lunch if you want to join us we'll be over at <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings watching the game <laughs> there you go oh, we'll do a lunch appointment <laughs> there you go oh man well we digress but it is an exciting time of year certainly looking forward to some 
some basketball heating up as it does every March. Before we dive into the main part of our show today, how about we take a question from our mailbag? It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Well, we do like to hear from you here on the podcast. We love taking your questions, so write into the show. Go online and submit a question to us. Go to that website, GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com, and send us your questions, and who knows, you could be featured on the next edition of Mondays with Matt. This week, we have a question that has come to us from Warren. He's in Bay City, and he says, I don't mean this to sound arrogant. Well, Warren... We're not off to a great start, man. (laughs) He says, I don't mean this to sound arrogant, but I know a lot about investing already. I worked in finance for many years. I'm comfortable doing things myself. In fact, I'll honestly admit that I think I know more than you. Here's the rub. I'm tired of looking at the numbers every day and keeping up with it all. I want an advisor to take care of it so I can enjoy my retirement and focus my energies on other things but how are you going to bring value to my situation if I feel like I have a pretty daggum good grasp of the technical side of investing? Oh, a pointed question from Warren. Well, it sure is. And Warren, I don't, you know, there's this point where when it comes to doing things, you just kind of decide whether or not it's worth the hassle. You know, I used to love washing my car by hand and I can get in the doors a little better than the car wash can get it. But by golly, when they're Weather's chilly in Michigan or snow or salt on my vehicle and it's, uh, you know, freezing. I pay for a car wash. <laughs> Summertime is a, is a little bit different time. But um, if you're comfortable with the numbers and you worked in finance and you, you feel you have a good understanding, good for you. And, um, you know, every person isn't necessarily a good prospect to be a client. Our clients tend to have questions and uh, they tend to need some expertise or some advice. But I'll tell you what I find is most people that do handle things themselves, eventually as they do get older, they want to focus their energies on enjoying the money that they've accumulated and saved up. And, um, you know, we, we talked on another podcast just recently about taking care of your finances and doing research online and and these other things. And uh, what I find, Warren, is that if somebody is getting to the point where you want to enjoy retirement and focus those energies elsewhere, you know, that's a great time to talk to an advisor. Um, I'm just going to bring up a couple of reasons why we see the value that you asked about bringing value to your situation. When we look at studies, we sh- I look at an independent organization called Dalbar, and they did a study on why do investors tend to underperform the market? And um, what they found was that when the market standard returns 10% in that nine and a half, 10 and a half percent range. The average investor during that same time period returns about four, uh, maybe a little bit less than four. And you wonder why is that, you know, in a 20 year time period, why would an investor that dramatically underperform markets? And um, what they found when they, when they did the study is that the average investor moves their money about every 3.5 to 3.9 years. So what they're doing is they're starting over with a new investment. And so they don't allow themselves the opportunity to see the growth in the portfolio like they should. So investor behavior is one of the key elements. So if you're not using an advisor, but you're doing it on your own, 
maybe you had good success or maybe you've had luck sitting still and, and riding the market up. But also, as people age, one of the other things that they, what we see a lot, Mark, is they get fearful, fearful of losing. And so they tend to make moves and sometimes it's not at the right time. They'll wait for the market to go down. And then when they see themselves losing, losing, losing over and over, it's this roller coaster effect. They bottom out and they get really, really fearful all of a sudden say, if I don't sell now, I'm going to lose. And so what happens is they'll sometimes move the money at the wrong time. So that's a big thing. Emotions overrun our logic. And as you age, one of the other reasons somebody recently came in and, and did business with us is the husband handled the finances and the wife she didn't necessarily do anything, but they came in and she said, you know, he, he's beginning to lose or get confused when he's looking at numbers. So as we age, we also have to pay attention to our health and make sure that, hey, we're doing the right thing. And if you're responsible for the family's finances and you make a mistake, you better watch out because that could really drastically impact the standard of living that you have for the rest of retirement. So we want to make sure, number one, that we we have good investing behavior and we keep our wits about us. And if you feel like, hey, maybe I'm losing it, that's another good reason to meet with somebody just to make sure that you're, you're on the right track. The other one is enjoyment, like you brought up. When you're ready to retire, focus your energies on the things that you like to do. Turn it over to a manager. Naturally, you want to find somebody who's going to maybe co-design a plan and really listen to you what you want to achieve. And we find people do that too. Married couples. Mark, one of the biggest things that I run into with a husband-wife situation is one of these days you're going to be alone. Okay. So I find the widows, I tend to work with a lot of uh, widows. And um, in that situation, you're dealing with emotions, sometimes grief. You're dealing with, oh my goodness, now I've got to take care of so many other things in life. I just don't have the knack for handling our finances. If you're the one handling them and you're comfortable, that's great. But if you're the spouse that just lost somebody and they handle the finances, um, we see a lot of, of clients needing assistance. And a, a lot of times I'll see husbands and wives come and see me, even if that person has a good handle on their finances, they know that one day it's likely they're going to pass away and they want their spouse to be taken care of with somebody that they already like and trust and knows their financial situation. So those are some good reasons for, for getting engaged with an advisor and coming in. And then you can slowly, maybe it's slowly or maybe it's right away, turn over the investment management so you can enjoy retirement. Maybe you want to travel. Maybe you want to do other things and find a qualified, competent advisor that you like and go ahead and turn the keys over. <laughs> well, Warren, certainly thank you for writing in. I hope that gives you a little bit of insight in your question. And of course, if you want more specific advice, call into the team, come in for a visit, sit down. We'd love to talk more to you more in depth. I think one of the things we always point out on the show is we can only get so specific, right? I mean, we don't know the ins and outs of your situation. We don't know what you did in finance, how long you were in finance, or what your needs would be in retirement. But nonetheless, thanks for writing in. Thank you for giving us a good jumping off point for this week. And that actually kind of brings us into our topic a little bit. So Warren, you've talked about why not just do it 
myself, right? I, I want to talk today about that DIY lifestyle when doing it yourself works and when it doesn't. And specifically, I think we've seen a lot of that. And so it's tempting to think, why not do it ourselves? We've talked in a previous podcast about all the information that's out there today. So why not just educate ourselves, handle our finances on our own? We're going to talk about why that's not necessarily ideal in retirement. Before we even get to that, I mean, what about you, Matt? Are you a DIY type of guy around the house? Are you the fix-it type? I am not. I love watching Chip and Joanna, but I'm always going to hire someone out for that sort of thing, personally. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you bring up Chip and Joanna. That's funny. I I have a passion for real estate and uh, got involved years ago in doing a little buying and selling and yeah, that was the the idea. But you know what? I really don't like working on houses. <laughs> I would rather hire some of that stuff out. So, yeah, I'm I'm a do-it-yourselfer around my house for small things. But um, you know, I get reminded every once in a while how um, my limitations <laughs> are there, and I want to argue that. I want to prove that to be wrong. But uh, no, I, I I have to say that. You know, I watched my dad do things himself a lot over the years, in fact, but he didn't have Google. (laughs) So he didn't have YouTube, um, no videos to show him what to do. That's right. I mean, you can wire your house now because you have a video that shows you how to do it, right? (laughs) Um, Do it yourself has become way easier access for a lot of people. But, you know, I was at Barnes and Noble literally uh, with my daughter and just wandered down the financial aisle and you've got gosh, there's got to be a hundred books on finance and do it yourself for investing and stock options and all these different things. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's overwhelmed just walking through the bookstore. So um, yeah, I, I tend to uh, hire the professionals and, you know, even when it comes to my own taxes, you know, I clients ask me and I say, no, you know what? I have enough responsibility managing people's <laughs> uh, investments. I don't need to do my own uh, finances. I, I want to make sure, you know, I use a use that professional service and, and it kind of gives me peace of mind to know, Hey, if I miss something, you know, they're catching it. So, well, so I have a buddy who loves to work on cars. It's a hobby. He doesn't do it for a living, but he just loves tinkering with his car. He's got this old 1987 Jeep Comanche pickup truck. And he actually just recently put a new engine into it. But even for him, someone who's really skilled in that just sort of tinkering area, he even says, Mm -hmm. look, man, there are two things that I don't mess with. Anything involving parts that are close to the gas and anything involving parts that deal with the brakes, because those are the two things that you don't want to get wrong (laughs) on your pickup truck. That's right. (laughs) Oh, man. That's good. Good example. <laughs> but when you find somebody who, you know, who doesn't have an advisor specifically in the, in the realm of finances, what, what are some of their reasons for taking that DIY approach? You know, that's a good question. I find that maybe like the mailbag question, um, somebody that, you know, has had a knowledge or maybe worked in the industry and feels somewhat capable. Other than that, I don't find anybody that's an amateur that actually takes pleasure in um, guessing with their money. I do get, you know, the occasional relative that, whether that be a client's relative, which I recently had a conversation with, or, you know, one of the extended family at a party, and everybody likes to talk about, hey, I bought this stock, or, or hey, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? But when it comes to prudent investing, I just don't find a lot of people that do things on their own because they think they're capable. I think you know, a lot of times we get thrown into, hey, I'm, 
I started a new job. I've got a 401k. How do I do this? Well, I'll just, I'll guess at this fund and that one looks like a good one. And well, that's got a decent return. But when it comes to building their portfolio, they don't know what they're doing. There's no uh, real reason behind it. And what I tend to find when I look at do-it-yourselfers is they're missing a lot of asset categories in their in their mix that pay higher than what they're in. So I think the average person kind of thinks of themselves as I use this example in one of my workshops, and I'll and I'll bring it up with you, Mark, and see what you think. But I had people, um, everybody stand up, you know, okay, got everybody standing in the room. Now I said, how many of you think you're above average driver? And everybody stayed standing. Maybe one person sat down. And I said, how many think you're better than 50%? You're better than average. And the people stayed up. And then I said, how many of you had a moving violation in the last five years? <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> the last 10 years, you know? How many of you had a speeding ticket? How many of you ever had a parking ticket? And um, what I found is that almost everybody in the room stayed standing until I brought up, you know, how many of you had this? How many of you had that happen? And they realized, you know, I've, hey, I've been in an accident or I've been, you know, I was at fault or I've had tickets. And they found that everybody except for like one person had a moving violation, an accident or some other thing happen, but they thought they were better than average. <laughs> so if they think they're better than the average, then who thinks that they're worse than the average? I mean, I didn't have any of them in the room that thought they were worse than average. So that goes to tell you, sometimes we have this overconfidence when we do it ourselves. And the reason we're doing it ourselves is just because we think we can. What happens, however, is when people come see me, it's usually because they made a huge mistake. They lost a lot of money. They guessed wrong on a stock. But that tends to be probably, to answer your question, one of the reasons they think they do it themselves is they think they're doing okay. They've never ran it by anybody to see otherwise. Well, and you'd mentioned some of the mistakes there. What would you say are some of those common mistakes that people come in with? You know, folks who've been trying to do it on their own and they say, uh-oh, I've got a couple of issues here. Well, to give you an example, most people want to avoid probate. Probate is that thing that happens where the state determines who gets your assets when you die because you didn't designate a beneficiary or you didn't prepare a will and title your assets properly. One of the biggest mistakes I see in almost everybody, in fact, everybody I've seen that does themselves is they've got an issue with titling on their accounts or they've got an issue with beneficiaries or they're ruling out people that have been added to their life through marriage or, or birth of a grandchild or something. And they haven't addressed that with their finances. In other words, maybe I've gotten divorced and my ex-spouse is still going to inherit 100% of my 401k. My new spouse gets nothing because I didn't change the beneficiary form. If you've had the, a death in the family, you forgot to update your beneficiary to reflect that, you could have assets going to somebody who's not even there. If you've had a birth of a, of a child or a grandchild, you want to reflect that in, in the estate planning. So that's one of the things that's wrong. And you see a lot of, a lot of times when people come in and, and talk with me, they've got a joint account at the bank. Well, I ask, who's your beneficiary on that joint account? Um, I don't know. Well, the bank teller is not trained to think with the end in mind. They're trained to open that account. Usually, if there's a joint owner, and I, I was in and did the review on my own 
my own investments several years ago and found that there was no beneficiary listed. Well, we just assume one of you will survive. Great. Well, what if we both go down in the plane on vacation? Then the asset that we thought was, was going to go to somebody goes through the probate process. So that's a very important thing, especially when those assets are worth something. When you've got a bigger value, the attorneys don't mind because they like to uh, collect their fees for that. So that's just one example of a do-it-yourselfer easy to make mistake is they have the titling wrong or they don't have it transferring to anyone at death. Another big factor that comes into mind is taxes and the way that we plan our retirement income. A lot of people plan that retirement, hey, we saved all these years in our 401k and we're going to take those investments. Well, did you know that the IRS has a lien on that 401k? It's called taxes. When I take the money out, it increases my income. I pay tax as ordinary income. And then it also triggers a secondary tax, tax on my social security. I'll ask people, do you have any tax-free money that you set aside? Did you open a Roth over those years and, and accumulate some money that you can take out tax-free to not impact and trigger that second tax on your social security income? A lot of people don't do that. They don't think far enough ahead to plan that. So working with an advisor, you can eliminate or reduce some of that tax burden if you do it right. That's a good example of, you know, some of the mistakes people make. I mean, taxes, titling, beneficiary designations. There's lots of them. So if you're trying to do this, take this DIY approach and you're making some mistakes, let's say you're tired of the mistakes, or maybe you haven't made that many mistakes. Maybe you're like Warren, maybe you're actually quite informed. You're just ready for a bit of a change. What does it look like to come in, sit down in your office and just start a conversation about transitioning into, hey, I want some help. I want some expert advice along the way. Yeah, just give us a call um, or shoot me an email and uh, just request a time to get together. The way that we work is we always offer a free consultation initially. I'll listen to you, find out, hey, if I need to solve any problems in your situation, what would those problems be? And uh, and then um, you share with me, we share with you, everything's confidential. If after that first visit, really it's just a get to know you meeting, if you decide, hey, I, I, I like what I hear and we think we can help, you know, there, there's a reason for us to get together again. We'll move forward with a step number two, and then I can give you an idea of, you know, if, if we work with you, what that typically ends up looking like. People are worried about the cost. Our first visit is free. It doesn't cost you to come and see me, so don't feel uh, any hesitation. Just uh, give our office a call or, like I said, send me an email, and we'll be glad to uh, sit down with you and get to know you. And if you'd like to reach out to the office and call, we'll give out his information one more time here at the end of the podcast. It's 989-401-2949. That's the number to call, 989-401-2949. Or you can go online for more information. GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com is the website. That's GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. Matt, as always, a pleasure with you being on the podcast. We'll see how March Madness shakes out. Best of luck to your Wolverines and, of course, my Tar Heels. Absolutely, Mark, and uh, good luck to your Tar Heels, and I say go blue. (laughs) We'll do it again (laughs) next time on another edition of Mondays with Matt.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.